Well, up until the final two goals in the last two minutes, the Minnesota Wild had things pretty well in hand against the Washington Capitals as they come away with a 5-3 to three win, their third win in a row. Two goals from Marcus Johansson, a goal from Jewel Erickson, Brock Faber, and Marcus Foligno. A lot to discuss in tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. We'll talk about the defense. We'll talk about the power play, and we'll talk about Brock Faber's continued ascension up the rookie leaderboard for Minnesota Wild history. All that coming up on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Let's fire it up. You are Locked On Wild Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Minnesota Wild pick up a 5-3 to three win over the Washington Capitals. That is now the third win in a row for the Minnesota Wilds as they uh, pick up the first of three absolutely gotta-have-em games this week before the All-Star break. Welcome into tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, host of Lockdown Wilds. And for those that uh, have not tuned into a postcast previously, we love to get you involved in the comments in our postcast. So if you have an opinion you'd love to share about what you saw in tonight's game, make sure to line it up and uh, to put it in the comments. We'll get to your thoughts in a little bit i'll go through my two cents as to what we saw in tonight's game and then we turn the show completely over to audience comments here the rest of the way so let's talk about this game tonight as the minnesota wilds come away with a five to three win they got the early goal from brock faber who continues to be just a stud for this team continues to climb the uh, wild rookie leaderboard in terms of points. He's now third all time in points in a single season for Minnesota wild rookie defenseman. He's one point away from um, Kalen Addison in terms of uh, second most points amongst rookie defensemen all time. So he's getting close to uh, making some, uh, making some moves there. Didn't get a ton from the top-level guys in this game tonight, but it's okay because the secondary scorers were all over the place. Marcus Johansson scored twice. Marcus Foligno scored once. Jewel Erickson Eck able to, uh, to pick up a goal as well. And so it was just exactly what this team needs to continue to do. We talked about it after the uh, the Hurricanes game in that this team just needs to continue to win games. And if they want to get themselves into the playoff conversation, you've got to continue to win. And so they start the week off doing exactly that. Now, I was just mind-bogglingly frustrated by the power play in tonight's game. Power play just was right back to the passive play in tonight's games. Too much perimeter work, too much not looking to shoot the puck, too many instances of just trying to look for somebody else to do the job. And that is not a recipe for a successful power play. Now, I understand that at some times you have to try to kind of work the puck around to create better opportunities. But I will stand firm on my overall thoughts of a power play in that you can't score if you don't shoot. And for the most part tonight, the wild power play looked real bad. So you can't shoot. You can't score goals if you don't shoot on special teams. And I did like that there were some shots that were right at the net trying to take advantage of Darcy Kemper, who had just an adventure of a game in net for the, uh, the capitals in this one, but they didn't attack nearly enough on the power play. Now that's fine. And dandy, if you're going to score a bunch of even strength goals, which is something that this wild team has not done for quite a while. So 
They they get the scoring, and honestly, until the last two minutes, this game was uh, was really, really pretty solidly enhanced until that just weird stretch in the final two minutes where the Wilds kind of got caught again with their foot off the gas, and Washington was like, no, we're, we're not going to call the dogs off. So it was it was more interesting for me to see a team in which Alex Ovechkin, and I know he's not nearly what he has been in the past. It was just interesting to see him kind of at this point in his career just really not be a factor. And Washington's got some good options, but um, they just were not able to um, – they just were not able to get anything going offensively until the uh, the last few minutes in this one. So it all leads to a, uh, another win for the Wild. They now have won three in a row. And for all of the overtime losses don't count, um, the Wild are back at 500. We know better, though. The Wild are still 21 and 26. And so they still have work to get to that true 500 mark. But the Wilds do continue to try to dig their way out of that uh, early season hole. So we have seen over these last three games, and we knew this was coming ever since Bill Guerin talked to the media uh, in his state of the state of hockey address, is that this team's not, they're not going to take their foot off the gas. It's pedal to the metal because the expectations continue to be get to the postseason or it's, a uh, it's a failure of a season. And so, th- th- I mean, you could have seen this coming a mile away that this team is going to go on some sort of a run to take themselves out of the top 10 for drafting, which is annoying from my perspective because we hyped it up quite a bit. We hyped it up quite a bit that it's, it's time. Like it's time to, it's time to just take a step back. And now three wins in a row uh, have taken the Wild pretty effectively out of the top 10, at least for now, in the uh, the NHL draft. And now this puts in some other possibilities that I think we were not super thrilled about um, in terms of the continued search for another defenseman to add into the mix. Again, I'm I'm not super enthused about the possibility of that being in the works. I just would much rather see Damon Hunt get that opportunity. Now, defensively tonight, I thought the Wild looked real good. Uh, Brock Faber and Jonas Brodeen, it got talked about during the broadcast that of the like 160 defensive pairings this season that have played enough minutes to qualify, Brodeen and Faber are eighth in the NHL in terms of uh, expected goals against um, as a pairing. So that line is putting some real good chemistry together. That pairing is doing some really, really good things for the Wilds. The Middleton-Mermis combination, I thought, had some really good moments here tonight. And it seems like Dakota Mermis has maybe shaken off a little bit of a rough patch for him and is starting to get himself back to uh, where we saw him earlier in the season. So good to see Mermis be able to kind of get himself back on track. And your third pairing didn't hurt. The third pairing, the hand grenade did not detonate in tonight's game. And so defense didn't hurt you tonight. Philip Gustafson, I thought, played really solid. Again, just a weird stretch at the end of the game where the... um, where the Capitals scored their two goals. And on the goal that Gustafson gave up, uh, the first goal, that's a disastrous turnover in the neutral zone. That leads to a three-on-one for the Capitals, and there's nothing that Gustafson can do about a cross-ice pass as he commits to the uh, the first shooter, leaving some opportunity on the other side. There's just nothing you can really do about that as a goalie. Um, he wasn't super challenged a ton tonight because this Washington team is is very they're very molasses-y. Mol- they're very much like molasses. And it, it just again, it was a game, it was a 
a game that should have had the outcome that it did. Washington is a weird team. And they're not really good at anything in particular. And so the fact that um, the fact that the wild were able to get the win and really didn't uh, have to sweat it at all is a good thing. Now let's, let's talk about before we pause and before we move to your comments, let's talk about hashtag greater good for tonight. Brock Faber leads because that, that goal was sweet picking up the Matt Zuccarello shot and just, uh, just depositing it past old friend Darcy Kemper and Faber starting to kind of push past that rookie wall and get back to what we saw. So he's starting to get a second wind at this point in the season, which is great to see. And so greater good for Brock Faber for that. Jewel Erickson Eck, 20 goals now on the season. He is on pace for 35. We talked about it in today's episode. I fully expect that he is going to continue the pace that he's on because um, he just he just continues to be the most consistent player on this team night in, night out. He really has not had an off night that I can remember. I'm sure he's had maybe one, but he just does not slump. Erickson Eck does not go through slumps. The only thing that really does is maybe his shooting now and again, but again, he gets to the net a ton. And that allows for uh, for opportunities that are way easier to score. Um, the other greater good is Marcus Johansson scoring two goals here tonight and taking I the the thing that I think was different with Johansson in this game was he really was pushing the issue. And this is something that has been a problem with him at points is that, you know, it seems like there are nights where he just is content to pass on the nights where he's content to shoot. He has been able to score uh, pretty effectively. And so the fact that he was able to be one of those, um, those nights where he has more of a propensity to shoot is a okay. In my book, and you look at these combinations that John Hines has been putting out there the last couple of games, Kaprizov, Zuccarello and Rossi had some good opportunities. It was kind of a weird, kind of a weird game for Kaprizov here tonight. He seemed like he was more of a passer in this one, but that line still had some really good looks and some really good opportunities. They just weren't quite able to finish on them. Uh, That second line of Erickson Eck. Felino and Boldy was probably the one of the best lines on the ice tonight. And so that line combination working well. Felino scored his eighth goal of the season. He's already exceeded what he had for goals last year. So there was a lot of good in this one. It doesn't change the fact that we continue to note that it's going to be a tough climb for the Wild to get back into the postseason picture. Uh, They have, as of right now, I think about a 5% chance of making the postseason. So the message is simple. If the Wild want to get back into that postseason picture, and I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record saying this, but I, I just, again, if it's going to happen, they just have to keep stacking these games on top of each other. You can't have a stretch in which, like, let's say they go one and two this week. After going two and one in what is considered a pretty tough road trip last week, you've wasted six games. And so if they if they don't do anything with these final two games before the all-star break, then they're right back to where they were. So you gotta keep winning. You gotta get these last two games of the week. And um once they do, then it's the all-star break, and then it's it's time to reset once again. So we uh, have a lot of your comments to get to here. Uh, a full healthy comment section uh, already in full swing. So keep them coming as we react to a 5-3 to three win for the Minnesota Wild over the Washington Capitals. We will get to all of your comments on tonight's game as we continue tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast 
after this. Tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast is brought to you by Game Time. Folks, what would you do with an extra $100 in Las Vegas if you were headed for the big game, which surprisingly is just a couple of weeks away? Would you buy yourself a great dinner? Would you put it all on red? If you are headed to the big game, Game Time wants to give you a little bit extra to use for whatever you decide. All users of Game Time get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. So head to Game Time right now to take a look at some of the best seats available for whether it be the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Lions, or the 49ers playing to hoist football's greatest trophy. Uh, you can head to Game Time to check out great seats. See what you'll see from your seat in the venue for the halftime show for the game itself. You can see everything from your seat view, as well as not getting blindsided by any last-minute fees. Game Time puts everything out in front, so you know exactly what you're going to pay for when you purchase your tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use VEGAS100 as the code for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Lowest pri- uh, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast also brought to you by Sleeper. The midway point of the NHL season has come and gone, but you can still win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether wild players like Kirill Kaprizov, Jewel Eriksson-Eck, Matt Boldy, or Marco Rossi will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. If you picked Jewel Eriksson-Eck for tonight's game, you obviously got the goal, but uh, you got more than what is expected from him. Just a standard game for Jewel Eriksson Ek exceeding what is expected of him. So if you pick Jewel Eriksson Ek, you probably went home happy. You can put a full lineup together in under 60 seconds. So use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, we're back. Welcome into tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast as the Minnesota Wilds pick up a 5-3 to three win over the Washington Capitals. And uh, we have a full comment section. The gang is all here. So let's get to your comments for tonight's game. We'll start with Amanda. Like Team Greater Good, but this team that has been playing the last couple of games has been really fun. And, you know, this is why we're not completely dismissing the possibility of this team going on a run. Um, Denny has talked about it quite a bit in the comments here over the last few episodes. Um, It's a team that if they continue to play like this is capable of it, but they just have to continue to do it. That's the thing that I think gets tricky for this team is that they just continue to have to, they're going to have to go on a 16 out of 20 type run, just like Denny mentioned. Uh, I think it was in Sunday's postcast. They're going to have to go on like a 16 wins in 20 games run to just get themselves above water. And then at that point you have wiggle room to be able to afford to have a losing two out of three stretch or losing three out of five. If you lose three out of five right now, you just continue to sink further and further below the teams that you're chasing. And so for the Wild to get themselves into a situation like where the Edmonton Oilers are at, because guess what? Pretty sure the Edmonton Oilers won again. And uh, that now is, I think, 14 in a row for the Oilers, which is just insane. Yeah, they did win again. 
And so now they are just seven points behind the Vegas Golden Knights. And here's the other thing. Edmonton has five games in hand on Vegas. I, I'm just going to say it right now. I know we're we're going to we'll get back to the wild conversation, but if we just look at the Western Conference right now, I'm going to say it right now. I think Vegas, I think the Edmonton Oilers will catch and pass the Vegas Golden Knights before the season is done and get locked into the two seed. Now, whether that means the Kings or the Golden Knights are the first wild card, I think both of them will probably still get in. But the Oilers are on just a scintillating run of play. 14 games, and it's not like they're winning them. They're, it's not like they're winning them by a goal. They just continue to do it. That's what the Minnesota Wild have to do, again, to get themselves above water so that they have the ability to, sometime in March or April, su- uh, sustain, like, weather, I mean, a losing streak without it plunging them back underneath and wasting all the effort that it took to get back to that spot. So it's not, it's not out of the, it's not impossible. It's just very tricky for this team to, uh, to do this because we've seen them go on these types of stretches before. And then they have just an absolute clunker that puts them right back to where they were. So hopefully that doesn't happen on Thursday, but it certainly is a possibility you got to win these final two games before the break. Go in on a high and then come out swinging once the uh, the All-Star break is finished and you uh, take on Chicago on February 7th. Drake joining us tonight. JoJo shot the puck. It's amazing what happens when guys simply shoot the puck. And Johansson able to score his seventh and eighth goals of the season. Anybody else notice this during the second period? So... Obviously, Joe Maurer got elected into the uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame today. Um, I, I watched literally every game of his career, it seems like. And so it's crazy to me that he is already to the point that he's been out long enough to qualify for the Hall of Fame and to get in on the first ballot. But he wore number seven. Brock Faber scored tonight. He wears number seven. Marcus Johansson scored his seventh goal in the second period. Zach Bogosian assisted on that goal, and his assist on that goal was his seventh of the season. Sports are amazing sometimes. The parallels that they can draw um, through various things. And somebody on Twitter pointed out to me that at the time that I pointed all of this out, the Wild had blocked seven shots. Like, what? what is... Just weird sports parallels, but yes, it was it was great to see Johansson really push the issue here uh, in this one tonight and help out because again, you didn't get a ton from your top level guys from Kaprizov and Boldy, and I didn't think Boldy played poorly or anything tonight. Obviously, just wasn't able to score. He had two shots in 15 minutes, 54 seconds. So you'd like to see that number. Um, a little higher, but then Kaprizov did not have a shot in 18 minutes and 33, uh, 36 seconds. But then Johansson had two goals. Felino scored, Erickson X scored and Faber scored. So you didn't need those guys to do the heavy lifting. That's another component that this team's going to need down the stretch is getting that secondary scoring to take the pressure off of some of those top-level guys. So Johansson was the hero tonight. We'll see who's the hero on Thursday's game against the Predators. Dougie joining us. I don't know what has helped our D line the most. Brodeen Beck or Merrill sitting in the press box. Uh, This is a perfect example of both of these statements being true. John Merrill out has helped considerably. Because he just, and again, I don't like to disparage people or rip players. Like, I I know we have turned it into kind of a bit here at Lockdown Wild, really going after those two especially. Um, But it just, the lack of awareness most of the time that he's out there. 
and the inability to win a puck battle, the inability to get to pucks in the corner. It really is the office baseline. What would you say you do here? And so the fact that he came out of the lineup in favor of Jonas Brodeen is as big of an upgrade as you can make. And I've talked about this on previous shows. I think the defenseman that stirs the drink for this Minnesota Wild team is very clearly Jonas Brodeen because you don't have a clone of Jonas Brodeen as you do have Brock Faber in the case of Jared Spurgeon. So with Spurgeon out of the lineup, Brock Faber can do everything that Jonas Brodeen or that uh, Jared Spurgeon has been typically asked to do. He can run the top power play. He can run the top penalty kill pairing. He can be the the go-to defenseman for this team all as a rookie. And so you're not missing Jared Spurgeon in particular because of how good Brock Faber has been. He fits the he's literally a clone of Jared Spurgeon. And so the Wild haven't been missing Jared Spurgeon since he went out because they have Brock Faber. The Wild have missed in the games in which he was out. They have missed Jonas Brodeen because they don't have anybody who can fill that profile yet. Faber can fill Spurgeon's, but then if you have Faber doing that, you don't have anybody else yet who is able to step in and fill that Brodeen role and be that guy who goes after the top players on the opposing team. Let's not forget, it's Jonas Brodeen who's the one that locks down Connor McDavid quite often. That's Jonas Brodeen's responsibilities. And so those are the things that the Wild just cannot replace in the lineup as of right now, which is why this defense turned a corner when Brodeen went back into the lineup. So that's, I think, a reason as to why this defense has looked much better is because Jonas Brodeen is the irreplaceable one. I will take that statement with me to my grave. Jonas Brodeen is the irreplaceable defenseman on this Minnesota Wild decor. So the fact that he's back and is healthy and is uh, is lighting it up is no coincidence as to why this team um, has looked better defensively. Amanda reminds me about how I thought they were out of the race last year at this time too. Uh, and then Amanda did the math as to where the Wilds were at at this point last year. Uh, the Minnesota Wild last year were 27, 29, and 11 at the end of January 2023. Um, the Wild are currently now with tonight's win, 21, 21, and 5. So there are a few wins below last year's play, uh, last year's pace, but uh, I'm I'm real glad that we haven't seen the same level of overtime games that we did last year because it seemed like every game was either a shootout or an overtime loss. At least they're getting uh, taken care of in regulation here this season. And we kind of, I mean, we kind of thought that the wild were cooked last year and they were able to go on a little bit of a run to put themselves in position to make the postseason. Now last year, last year was a step down from 2021, 2022, this year is a step down from last year. And so you're two steps below where you were two seasons ago. And so, again, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just going to be a very, very tough climb to the uh, the top of the mountain. Jeremy joining us tonight. I know Goligoski isn't God-tier D, but he's also at least semi-competent when he's not with John Merrill. Absolutely accurate. Goligoski had some decent play, has had some some decent play since he got um, cut off of the anchor. Uh, he was a minus one tonight, but he played 14 minutes, 56 seconds, had a blocked shot, um, played a little bit on the power play running that second unit, which, again, I just would much rather have Damon Hunt doing that. But again, that third pairing didn't kill you in tonight's game. And so it's it's not like we're asking a lot 
if that third pairing can simply not destroy this team, then that's about all you can ask for um, for that group. If they can just not destroy games, that that's that is a win for this team. Uh, Diane joining us tonight. This team is confusing. Are they good or not? Drum roll. Have no idea. Yeah, because we we all kind of know that it's it's lurking. Another stretch in which this team loses three out of four to undo all of the work that it's taken to get them even to this point, which is why I think they just need to continue to play with a sense of urgency in addition to the confidence. The confidence is back here over these uh, these last three games, but you have to continue the urgency. You've got to play like your season depends on it because it does. And if the Wild do that, that leads to more puck battle wins. Um, if not, then that's when you see them fall behind and that's when you see them try to play catch up. Um, and that's when you see them lose games. Jason joining us tonight. Just when I think we're done, the wild pull me back in and I start thinking we are a playoff team. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. I'm trying to straddle the fence. And it's difficult for me because, again, I would much rather see, I would much rather see this team be enjoyable to watch. It's those stretches early on in the season were just miserable for trying to uh, to pick out little things and trying to um, trying to come away with just positives from some of those just hideous losses. And I know, like deep in the back of my head, we all know that it's not going to be a season in which the Wild hoist the Stanley Cup unless something goes incredibly wrong for about 25 other teams. But it just is so much nicer to see wins happen than it is to see just hideous losses. And so the fact that the team is playing better at least helps me out. But again, like knowing, just knowing in the back of your head that deep down, you know, that you'll maybe win a couple of games in round one, but you're probably headed for a similar result to what we've seen. It gets frustrating. And so that's where we came up with team greater good to just try to um, highlight the positives as this season marches along. And uh, that'll be something that we continue to do here as the, uh, the season continues. Ron joining us tonight. Congratulations to the 2024 Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> we did it. We made it. Yeah. As I, as I was just saying, I don't, I don't think anybody thinks that um, this season's going to end with a cup, but as it could end with some hardware, as we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, Jeremy, once again, I've been mulling this over. Is Mermis waiver eligible or have they just not sent him down due to needing a defenseman that actually exists and isn't John Merrill? I think Mermis is waiver eligible if they wanted to go that route. But I think the Wilds have been pleasantly surprised with what they've seen from Mermis to the point that, yeah, he may come out for a game or two. But it really, it really came down to that final union of Merrill and Goligoski being just liquid, molten, awful to where the Wild, I think, took a hard look in the mirror and said, okay, we can't play those guys together ever again. And now with Spurgeon out, I think Burmis has certainly earned the opportunity to continue to play with the, uh, the top six. And so I think at this point, the Wild are just they're just comfortable with him being part of the mix as opposed to uh, sending him back down to Iowa. I think of the two, they probably felt of him and Damon Hunt. They probably felt like Mermis was the one that uh, they were more comfortable with um, at this point, as opposed to, you know, having to having to put Mermis out there. You never know. Some team might claim him if you put him on waivers. 
And so I think the Wild just wanted to keep him around or reward him for some strong play and um, just continue to have him be part of the mix. Zach joining us tonight. What's up, Zach? Faber Calder. Well, he's not wrong because Brock Faber now is second in the NHL in rookie points. As I pull up the list here, he only trails the uh, leader and Calder anointed favorite at this point, um, Connor Bedard. Although with the continued injury status of Mr. Bedard, uh, his hold on the scoring numbers is rapidly declining. Marco Rossi, just two goals behind Bedard for the rookie goal lead. And Faber and Rossi both are just uh, five points behind Bedard for the rookie points number. And I find this interesting, too. So Brock Faber's a plus six. He's got four goals, 24 assists. He's running the top power play. He is arguably your second most important defenseman currently. You could even make a case that he's your most important defenseman, considering that he runs the power play and the penalty kill, too. So he's he's playing just these integral minutes. He's playing top pairing minutes with Jonas Brodin, locking down the best players on the opponent on a nightly basis. He's playing almost 25 minutes per game. He's played in every game so far this season. He's played in all 47 games. Connor Bedard, 15 goals on the season. He has one power play goal. So Faber has more power play goals than him. They have the same number of power play points. Bedard is playing 19 minutes a night. He's got five more points and two more goals. If Rossi catches him in either category, I think we're going to see this open up. As much as I feel as though ESPN and the NHL have just already engraved the award for him, if he continues to miss time, and now there are reports that he's going to miss an additional six weeks, as uh, Quadra mentions, now the Bedard's out for six more weeks. Faber needs to turn it up and get the Calder. Folks, if Bedard continues to miss games... Let's look at what happened to Matt Boldy a couple of seasons ago. He missed essentially half of the season. And despite having just a uh, a real solid rookie campaign, that was why he got held out of the finalists. Because his numbers matched up with just about anybody that was in the conversation. It's just because he missed as many games as he did. If Bedard continues to miss time, and if Rossi and Faber both continue to uh, continue to get it done, You're looking at your three finalists right there. You may already be at that point that you're looking at your three finalists as Bedard, Rossi, Faber. I'm telling you, it's not not an absolute definite that Bedard wins the uh, the Calder because if you haven't heard, Bedard, he didn't have his jaw fully wired shut. He's uh, He's got the rubber bands to keep everything in place. But he... He can skate on the ice. He's not allowed to take slap shots yet because he can't flex his jaw yet. Leads me to believe that he's still a ways away from being able to come back. And so we could be at the point in which Faber and Rossi starting to uh, to knock the door down. Ethan joining us from Columbia. We salute you. For those about to Brock, we salute you. Jeremy joining us. Mason Shaw and Adam Beckman looking like they're finally showing up yesterday. Power play goal for Beckman. Top right corner bar down to open up the game against Texas. And so this is, I believe, two straight games for Beckman with the goal, which is why I think we're going to get him an opportunity. We're going to see him. At some point soon, maybe after the All-Star break, maybe even this week, I think you're going to see him called up uh, to fill one of those spots. Because let's look at what uh, let's look at what Lucini brought to the table here in this one tonight. 
Uh, Jake Lucchini played seven minutes, 32 seconds. He went three of five in the faceoff circle. He did not record another statistic other than that. I'd rather see Adam Beckman come up here because you know he's going to shoot the puck. And I feel like he would have some, he would be able to provide you with a scoring touch on the fourth line to compliment Duhame and Freddie Goudreau. I, I would like to see that because as of right now, like, again, what are you really getting? I know Lucini is leading the Iowa Wild in goals, so it's not as though his opportunity was was not merited. But Beckman is starting to uh, to really heat up, and so I would love to see him get the opportunity to uh, to hop up in here and um, get some opportunities. Metal one five two zero joining us tonight. Can't believe Zuccarello passed up a wide open net on the power play. I threw up in my garbage when he did that. This folks, power play was bad tonight. Power play was way too pass heavy. And so had they taken more, had they tried to take advantage more of a, a I I'm I don't like to actually I kind of do. Did I not call it in the pregame show today that Darcy Kemper is beatable? And it just feels like they never really tested him on the power play. They they got a couple of opportunities in each of their power plays, but they really just didn't get any legitimate looks to where you could have turned this into a six or a seven to one game at that point if you simply capitalize on one of those power play opportunities. Just stop passing. Lou Nanny is right all the time when he says you just have to shoot the puck. So just please, I'm, I'm begging you at this point, just shoot the puck and react to rebounds. You're probably not going to get as good of an opportunity as you think you are by passing it around the perimeter just endlessly. Whereas if you would just simply shoot the puck on net, try to go for a rebound, and if the other team clears it, just go back down and get it and bring it right back in. It's not a functional power play if you just continue to pass around the perimeter. Brian joining us tonight. Just watched the Blues score with 48 seconds against Calgary. Thankful it wasn't a three-point game. Four to three final scoreboard watching. Once again, yeah, this is life as a uh, Minnesota Wild fan right now is uh, now taking a look at the scoreboard. St. Louis Blues pick up the win. Hideous. But the Wild are now in a mathematical dead-even tie with the Calgary Flames, who have lost three in a row, and the Minnesota Wild have won three in a row. So congratulations. You are inching closer to passing one of the five teams that you have to leapfrog to get into the postseason picture. Jay Sullivan joining us. Love seeing Faber and Rossi just continuing to make themselves Calder favorites. Thanks again for the episode. Uh, yeah, it, I I love getting an opportunity to uh, to see those guys um, get the opportunities to continue to further what has been great seasons for them. I just would love to see them continue to um, continue to further what has been uh, great rookie seasons for both of those two. Will joining us tonight. Did I miss something? Is Merrill hurt? He hasn't played. He hasn't been playing to help the greater good. <laughs> uh, hashtag trade capris. Trade Capris. Trade Capris. All kidding aside, uh, Denny joining us, captain of the comments section. What's happening, Denny? Edmonton is the best team in the NHL. 14 wins in a row. Look at what a coaching change did for Edmonton. Have faith for the Minnesota Wilds. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll with exactly what 
Denny said with some sort of a 16 to four stretch to get yourself again. It's just about getting yourself into solid footing amongst the Western conference teams to where if you do have a stretch where you lose two out of three or three out of four, you're not all of a sudden having to go on a run to try to leapfrog everybody again. And the wild do have games coming up against teams that they are currently jockeying with for postseason positioning. Uh, I was just going to pull up that uh, exact schedule because obviously you've got Nashville's game coming up on Thursday. So that is a team directly in front of you in the wild card standings. After the all-star break, the wild will play Arizona on February 14th. Valentine's day on the road, eight 30 start. Oh, <sighs> terrific. Uh, then the wild will also play Edmonton. They'll play Seattle on February 24th. They play Nashville on the 29th, St. Louis, Arizona, Nashville, Arizona, St. Louis, St. Louis, um, and Seattle. So they play the teams that are in front of them currently in the postseason picture. You just got to win those games and you got to just continue to, um, it just got you just have to continue to pick up those wins um as they go folks we've got viewers joining us from brazil this is the coolest part about this is that we can get listeners from all over the globe we've got people checking in from germany from Canada, from Finland, from Sweden, and now from Brazil. Best fans in the world. Love to see it. Love to see it here this evening. Jay Sullivan, you see us targeting any defensemen specifically? Folks, I actually got a... Um, I actually had an intriguing proposition sent to me by a friend of the show about a particular defenseman that is currently with the Los Angeles Kings that would not be just a rental for this year. And so I'm going to tip a little bit for the privileged uh, listeners tonight. I'll tip my hand a little bit as to what's coming on tomorrow's episode. I'm going to dive in to that particular circumstance it's a defenseman for the kings or that is making one million per season but is amongst their statistical leaders in a wide range of categories in that instance i would think that would be something worth looking into because let's look at what is going to happen next season Zach Bogosian is gone unless you bring him back for another season. Alex Goligoski has gone. I don't see any point. I don't see any way at this stage. Unless John Merrill just understands um, what he is at this point. I don't see John Merrill coming back next year. He's not going to want to come back and just sit on the bench. And so you've got three spots that are going to need to be filled um, uh, in this, in this D the seven man D rotation. Now the hope is that Damon hunt would be one of those guys. Dakota Mermis is a, an impending free agent. I would imagine the wild will try to bring him back for some organizational depth. And let's be honest here too. Just because they say that Jared Spurgeon is going to be ready for training camp. I'm not super confident into hip and back surgeries into him being readily available. Once the season starts. So you're going to need some insurance and somebody that can step in and play. And so this is, I think the one instance in which I am okay 
with going out and grabbing a defenseman. If it's somebody that is going to be able to be with this group this year and be somebody that figures into that mix for next year's team, because I don't think at this point, unless they have just massively good stretches down the um, down the stretch, you're probably not ready with Lambos yet. He probably needs another season because he's been pretty inconsistent in Iowa. So you probably need another season of seasoning for him before he's ready to hop in full time. He can probably play in pinches. If you suffer injuries and you need to call somebody up, he can probably fill that role next year. But you're going to need to you're going to need to have somebody that you can rely on to play because I I'm not comfortable being like fully in on Jared Spurgeon being a hundred percent next season that the hip surgery that he's having and the back surgery that he's having, it's, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tricky uphill road for him to, uh, to be able to get back. So I'll talk more about that in tomorrow's episode. I'll lay out some reasonings as to why, but that's a situation in which I'm probably okay with this team trying to acquire a defenseman is if it's somebody that is not strictly, and I know Garen basically flat out said they're looking for um, impending UFAs to add to this mix. I'm not super keen on that, but if they can get somebody that can be part of the mix next year and can actually play a little bit, that I would be okay with. So that's, that's your tease. That's your tease for the morning. Um, so uh, stay tuned. Did Flurry get injured in Florida? Uh, yes, actually, Jeremy, he did. Um, it was very early in the game. Um, Lockwood, Will Lockwood ran into Flurry behind the net and he kind of caught him up high. Flurry went down for quite a bit. Uh, well, he, he was down for like 20, 20 seconds or so. Um, and so he stayed in the game initially, but then about midway through the second period, he went over to the bench and he said, I, I can't do it. So it seems as this at this point as though he's being he's going through like concussion protocol. I think they're leaning more towards a concussion than anything else because he, he took a shot up high. So that's why he has not been in since and that's why Jesper is uh, is with the wild at this point they're just trying to make sure they have a backup goalie until they can make sure that flurry is a hundred percent cleared to uh to return to game action so that's that's what's going on there um and yeah let's just See what else is uh, is going on in the comment section here. I'm just trying to catch up <laughs> with uh, with where I'm at. Um, looking at uh, other Calder hopefuls, Luke Hughes is currently um, he's currently three points behind Rossi and Faber with 25. He's got eight goals but has 25 total points and uh, he's also a minus seven on the season. So he's, he's distantly behind those two Adam Fantilli also 25 points. Um, but he's trailing Rossi in goals and points and trailing Faber in points too. So those guys are probably uh, distantly behind. Um, and so we will see. Um, where we're at wild crush. How do we look playoff wise? Apologies. If you covered it, no need to apologize. Um, I got to the trade capris. Um, the wild have to vault over five different teams to get into the postseason picture as of right now. So let's just run through the list. The wild are tied with Calgary. 
uh, with 47 points. They're also tied with the Seattle Kraken with 47 points. Kraken have a game in hands. Uh, the Wild trail St. Louis by one point with 48. And the Blues have two games in hand on the Wild. Uh, the Coyotes have 49 points. They have two games in hand on the Wild. And then the Nashville Predators now ha- have a four-point lead over the Wild. They are in the second wild card spot. So Arizona, St. Louis, Seattle, Calgary, Minnesota, all trailing the Nashville Predators for that final wild card spot. Los Angeles Kings have 53 points on the season. They are two points ahead of Nashville, but they also have only played 44 games. So they have three games in hand on a large part of the field. At this point, it feels as though you are probably playing for one spot. It feels like one spot is up for grabs at this point. So you got to you got to vault all of those teams and then you have to, you know, that's the other thing is you have to play just outrageously well and you got to have stretches in which these teams that you're you're going up against don't. So that's why it's kind of that one two punches that if the Wild can pull together a really good stretch of play um then that is uh, that's where you make your move. I'm going to put this out there too. Um, Denny celebrating his birthday on Saturday. So if anybody in the Lockdown Wild listening audience would like to stop by and say hello, um, around five o'clock, I will uh, will be making an appearance to uh, to say hello and to uh, to meet the captain of the Lockdown Wild comment section. And so if anybody wants to stop by, just uh, just hit up Tom Reed's around five o'clock. We'll uh, we'll all say hello and get to put some faces to some of these uh, these commenters that make this uh, locked on wild comment section as uh, elite as it is. I'm not even like I'm not bluffing at all when I say that this is one of the more rapidly expanding comment sections in the entirety of the locked on NHL channel. And it's all because of everybody that tunes in to these postcasts, everybody that comments on daily videos. It's all because of viewers like you. That's why the show is as successful as it continues to be. That's why it uh, is up for a podcast award and the sports podcast awards. It's, it's one thing to have a, uh, a, a host that can do a good job, but a show is nothing without its audience. So if anybody wants to stop by and, uh, and say hello, Tom reads on Saturday at around five o'clock, uh, come out and say hello. We'll, uh, we'll put some, uh, some faces to some of the, uh, the wonderful commenters here. Uh, Los Angeles Kings. I do not think will be sellers at this point. Um, and so we will, we'll have to see they're in, uh, they're in the midst of a, uh, bit of a mess themselves Two, four and four in their last 10 games. Uh, just some abysmal hockey for the Los Angeles Kings and, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois not doing too great. So the Kings are going to need to try to get themselves on track or they could find themselves, uh, they could find themselves even uh, further out of the uh, out of the playoff push. Uh, Denny, I will be asking Alex about Saturday. Obviously, with um, with his dog dying over the weekend, um, just wanted to give him time to properly deal with that. Um, you know, him and I'll chat about it before Saturday for sure but just wanted to make sure that I wasn't uh, wasn't throwing that on him while he uh, is currently uh, currently going through the, the grieving process. Mike joining us tonight. I like Lacombe from Anaheim. Someone threw that out yesterday. I think, yeah, I'll, I'll go through some, I'll go through some more worthwhile names for defensemen here. Um, I'll, I'll look at what it would potentially take for uh, Lacombe to, uh, to be potentially brought into the mix. 
Brian mentioning Arizona looking tough in their cracker box arena. Cooley playing great as is Bukestad. Dumba hurt last night. Unless Ingram cools off, Arizona might grab that last wild card spot. Yeah, I uh, I'm not sure that I'm not sure what the injury scenario is for Dumba at this point. They uh, I know the Coyotes weren't sure the severity of it, but we'll we'll get um a look at that i'm sure soon but that's if he misses any extended time that's a huge loss for the arizona coyotes i know his numbers were rather pedestrian but you think about the leadership that he brings to a relatively young team um it's going to uh it's it's going to be tricky for uh for anybody to hop into one of those final two spots heat grim joining us i'm a stars fan seth but your content is class fun to listen to heat we welcome you in to the locked on wild comment section glad to have you here appreciate you listening and um always always going to root for hashtag one of us jake ottinger so uh, appreciate you uh appreciate you hopping in and uh, and joining us here this evening after a uh, Minnesota Wild victory over the uh, the Capitals. Billy is talking to several teams trying to make a deal. This comes from the Wild's office, of which I have a friend. Denny has got a source, so we'll. I I was kind of in in it on the on the defenseman thing, but uh, but folks. I will go through and take a look at some possibilities. Um, we'll go with, we'll maybe do one episode of potential impending unrestricted free agents, but I'll also do an episode in which we look at some names that could be here for more than one season that you could fill into the mix without breaking the bank. So we'll, uh, we'll do a uh, combo platter. Th- that's in fact, In fact, I forgot completely about this. We got the all-star break coming up. And so we're going to have a full week of no games, which will be, that'll be a tough week to get through without these postcasts. But maybe what I'll do over all-star break week is do a live stream on like a Wednesday night. Um, I'll, I'll get working on that. Maybe we can all just hang out and just... Just talk some hockey. So I'll, I'll go through some of the defenseman possibilities for this team um, that they could look at that would be relatively cheap. But here's the thing. If you want somebody that's going to make like a top four impact, it's probably not going to be a cheap acquisition. So we'll talk about that as well. I love the fact that... Um, Marcus Foligno touched on this and Denny touching on it right now. The Nashville game, a four pointer. Um, that's that's going to be a big one. And we are going to have the hosts of Locked on Predators on to preview Thursday's game. Uh, just working on whether or not that'll be a Wednesday night recording or a Thursday morning recording. Um, so. We'll uh, we'll see what we can get cooked up there, but um, we'll have that for you for Thursday's game. And then, of course, we'll have you covered after, as we typically do. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I think of the 47 games so far this season, Lockdown Wild has been unable to cover maybe four of them, three or four of them is all. One of them, I was I had no voice because um, of that cold that I was dealing with for about three weeks. And the others was just for some of my um, my day job stuff because we were right in the throes of uh, high school football playoffs. And I had road games those nights. But beyond that, we're here for you pretty much every game with postcasts, with full episodes throughout the week as well. So I think for tonight... That is probably going to uh, to wrap things up. But again, we've been here for 60 minutes, just uh, just shooting the breeze and uh, just 
reacting to a uh, another win for the Minnesota Wild. So appreciate everybody for tuning in here for tonight. Again, um, I will remind you as well, if you would like to be part of a future episode of Locked on Wild, send an email to LockedOnWilds at gmail.com. We will get you lined up. You don't have to have podcast recording equipment to do it. So if you just, if you can, there's, there's a, the website that I'm using right now, it has the ability to go off of a phone. So if you don't have any podcast recording equipment, that is not going to interfere with your ability to hop on. This is a fantastic idea that Denny has, uh, has got us going on. We're going to get um, you listeners. will get your thoughts as to what's going on with the Minnesota wild here. Um, as we, uh, as we continue to roll through this season. So just email locked on wild at gmail.com and we'll get you, uh, we'll get you lined up with the day. We'll get you recorded and we will get you on a future episode of locked on wild. Make sure you hit the like button for tonight's episode. Make sure to hit the subscribe button as well, as we continue to guide you through another season of Minnesota wild hockey. Uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in here tonight. Uh, the A-plus cast of commenters that join us every single video. Uh, I appreciate all of you so much. And uh, honestly, it's you guys that make this as fun as it is. You guys are the ones that make it fun for me to continue to cover this team and to continue to do these postcasts in addition to regular episodes. So appreciate all of you tremendously for uh, continuing to make this, even though this season has been mostly, yeah, so far. Um, but we'll we'll get right back up and we'll continue to do it for you uh, again here tomorrow. So, thanks everybody for tuning in. Make sure to uh, make sure to join us for tomorrow's episode and for future Lockdown Wild content. You can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Trade Caprice.